fast, efficient, and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting, amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today, or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 750 of the Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Groundskeeper Willie. How you doing, Willie? Tell you what, with the amount of rain we're having, I'm not far away from out there. What's going on? Gr- grass has grown about a foot a day. <laughs> <clears throat> I had to get my uh, gardener dude to turn up and he just came in. He had, there was like one hour of sunshine a couple of days ago and he quickly went through and did everything and then it started raining again so he was very lucky yeah it's it's just ridiculous it's um we just get... had like constant raining oh we just had a massive storm you know like half an hour ago just or an hour ago or actually started about an hour ago just like deluge like in the sky it was daytime and then it was nighttime and then it rained Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was so weird. But yeah, it hasn't stopped. We've had rain every day for the last probably a month. Yep. Um, and, you know, just getting time to mow and, like, you literally mow three times a week at the moment. Yeah. It's nuts. That's ridiculous. And spray, you know, can't get, can't get the spray at all. It's just, just a. Mugs game at the moment, trying to do that. You just can't get enough time on it for it to do anything. Yeah, I'm waiting. I was supposed to have the pest control guys come around a couple of weeks ago and they couldn't. They're going to try again on Monday coming up, but I don't know if they'll be able to. Yeah, well, we've got to um, put some sign writing on a speedway car we're sponsoring and just hasn't had enough, <laughs> haven't had a clear day to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when it's sprayed on, it all gets washed off. Yeah, exactly. So, but, uh, yeah, other than that, you know, 34 or something today it was. Yikes. It was 28 yesterday. Yeah, it was mid to low 20s most of the time, day and night at the moment. It's all over the show. I got a uh, mini bar freezer delivered today. A bar freezer? Yeah, bar just a mini freezer because the main freezer that's above the fridge we're just too busy trying to jam stuff in there all the time and slam the door shut and hope it all stays in there and doesn't fall out so i was like well it's about time i went to the trouble of getting something else i got one that's got drawers they had a chest one but my dad had a big chest freezer downstairs at his house and you go down there at like six o'clock at night in the dark and you're pulling out things and putting them over here and That's over the there. the biggest problem. Really. Where's the thing? So I got this one that opens like a fridge front door and it's got drawers in there and you just pull it out, put in what you want. Yeah, we got a big chest freezer. That's a problem. with We've got the, the upside down fridge, so we've got the big freezer in that, but... Yep. Um, We've got a chest freezer, and yeah, it's that's the problem. If you want something, you guarantee whatever you want, it doesn't matter what it is, it's at the bottom. At the bottom, <laughs> every time. It wasn't when you put it in there, but it is by no. the time you want it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, they got, it just reshuffles things overnight when you're not looking. Yeah, yeah so it's, um, it's, it is handy to have, you know, we sort of try and keep all our stuff we use, fast turnover stuff like mixed veggies and the meat for the week and ice cream and stuff all goes in the upside down one and then we sort of use the other one for storage so you don't have to get into it that much yeah well that was it that was our problem we had like frozen veggies here and then an ice cream that was just balancing on top of it but <laughs> nearly falling off and trying to jam things underneath the ice tray ice cube trays and stuff like that so and it's not super efficient it doesn't freeze properly when it's p- packed like that either yeah yeah so 
should fix it up. Other thing I got was a Razer Tartarus. Yeah, that thing's awesome. Keyboard gamepad thing there. You've got 20 reprogrammable keys and extra buttons and a scroller so you can zoom in and out like a scroll wheel on a mouse. A little mini joystick on the side. It's got a hand rest that's ergonomic, but it's got two positions. So if you've got a big hand, you can put it there. If you've got a smaller one, you can move it up, oh, just nice. plug it back in again. And it's got LEDs, you can see lighting up underneath it, which you can program like the RAMs and keyboards and stuff that you can have sweeping or waves or just changes from one color to the next. But also if you have something like VLC running with music turned up, It'll turn into a spectrum analyzer and start bouncing the levels up and down through the keys. <laughs> nice. What a fun. And what well, takes a while to get your brain and having yeah. it configured like that? Yeah, um, I'm starting. I'm still occasionally pressing. I've I found out one thing that I, was annoying me last night when we were playing. I couldn't figure out why it was happening. Is that um, when we were playing Valheim? suddenly it would pop up with this um, Steam interface All right. while I'm in the game. I'm like, what the hell is that? But to get the Steam interface, you hit Shift Tab, and this key I programmed to be Tab, and the one under it I programmed to be Shift. Uh. So if you accidentally bump both of those together, suddenly it takes you out of your game to the <laughs> Steam account stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm getting killed. <laughs> Quick, go back in. Why is this happening? But yeah. But it's ergonomic, so that's what I wanted it for, for RSI in my hands, which partly because I'm typing all day at work and then I'm typing all night or playing games. Yeah. And then the other thing is uh, the hunking big phone, I think holding on to that at night for an hour before I go to sleep, is you get a sore hand from that too, cramped up. So this should help and make things a bit easier. And the other thing that I got, which people might be interested in, is a digital photo frame yeah they've and come I'm a going, long way going to set that up at uh, my mum's in a nursing home so she doesn't get to see anyone very much but um, you can load it up with some photos, take it there stick it on the nursing home's Wi-Fi, and you've got an app the, um, the photo frame is called Frameo which I looked at a lot of uh, reviews and they said that was one people recommended a lot and it comes with an app. So if you're out on holidays on the other side of the world or just out for the day or at a party, you can take a photo and then hit send to frame and it sends it through the Wi-Fi and it'll suddenly appear in the slideshow of all the other photos that are currently cycling through. Because so not only do you start off with like, 50, it's got 16 gig built into it, no expandability, but 16 gigs enough for photos. And no, then yeah. it's, you have like, 50 photos cycling through and then somebody goes on holiday, they send through another couple, they enter the cycle and then someone has a birthday and they send in some and just keeps on something for, then she can be sitting there and the nurses come in. Oh, look, there's my grand grandson over there, my granddaughter. Yeah, that's them. And oh, they're very clever and all that sort of stuff and can show people what, oh no, they've gone. We only got 30 seconds to look at the photo. So. <laughs> Gotta be quick. It'd be cool if you could do the um, the Harry Potter Hogwarts thing where you could just have like a, a video of someone just walking in the frame and standing there and smiling and then turning around and walking back out again. You can. It supports MP4s. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Stick so. it on there. Just have, have you walk on. You're like, yeah. <laughs> what? what's going on here? Have a wave. Hi, how you doing? You can walk off. <laughs> That'd be cool. But yeah, I, I uh, told my sister, she's in uh, Dubbo, so I said, you should get uh, the app and I can send her a friend code or any friends, family, whatever, you can send a friend code and get it accepted on there. And then they can start sending it through the app as well. And the app's a free download. So once, once you've um, got the app, you can add on all your family and they can all send photos in and... You know, it's good for grandma when she can't get up and get out very much or everybody, all of our relatives, I'm the only one they've got in this town. So uh, everyone else is Newcastle, Sydney, Dubbo, 
Brisbane, whatever. So any of them could just send photos through and it'll suddenly appear there and go blink, blink. You got 25 new photos from Tony or whatever. I'm assuming you can um, like delete them the same way through the app. Yeah, you can delete you can delete it um, on the thing. It's got a touch screen. Oh, okay. So you can touch it and then it pops up with a few buttons at the top, like turn it off, power down kind of thing, and then sleep and then settings. And you can go manage photos and delete the ones you don't want. And um, you can set it so that when you, when you take the photo, you center it on a particular part of the image if you want, and you could send it to there. And then that part of the image will be blown up on the screen to fill the screen or you can set it to actual photo size and just send all the photos through. So anything that's got like a person on the left and a big space on the right will just show all of that in there. Um, or uh, if you've got portrait ones, they'll show skinny on a landscape, but it also auto detects, if you turn it around a portrait, it'll rotate the picture. Nice. And then you turn it back landscape, but mostly you just leave it on portrait and the ones that, uh, on landscape because I think it'd be more stable if it's landscape less likely to fall over and smash but um, the photos that are portrait will just be in the center third of the screen with mm. a blurred image expanded of the same one in the background like they do on the news and yeah. stuff it's pretty so it doesn't automatically grab like two photos and put them up or something side by side yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's what I've been wasting all my money on lately well I've been spending the entire week tearing my hair out as to why my computer's constantly crashing. Ah, oh. did you fix uh, it though? Yeah, for eight dollars, solved all my problems. Ah, oh. so I went and well, actually cost a bit more, but I went and got a couple of thermal paste, um, thermal grease tubes. Yep. Pulled my computer completely apart. Pulled the graphics card completely apart. Pulled all the heat sinks and everything off it and. Pulled the cooler off the CPU and pulled the the coolers off the, the heat sinks off the RAM and the heat sinks off the um off the uh, chips on the like the I'm assuming it's the um what's it called the case chips and stuff on the motherboard yeah or whatever it is that the that other heater the uh, no actually I think on this one it's the power the power bridges I think on this one are all synced but anyway pulled the whole lot apart went through actually cost me two tubes so it cost me 16 bucks <laughs> um went through completely re-thermal pasted everything put it all back together my idle temperature went from like 80 to like 40 <laughs> wow so it's a big difference i then, ended up you i ended up doing that just to my graphics card for when i was mining bitcoin for a while because I needed to drop the temperature on that. It kept on peaking and dropping my hash rate. But um, yeah, there's thermal stuff that's really good wonders, the, doesn't it? The fastest I've seen it, not the, the, the highest I've seen it, um, is when I'm doing the Oculus and I'm mirroring its display on the PC. Yep. The far, highest I can see it's like 75 or something. Oh, all right. Whereas before it would sit on 90 just loading the the load screen of a game yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah so it's good now it's not hopefully um, that's all it was well it's been stable for three days so far and hasn't crashed so yeah and you've been logged into valheim for quite a bit yeah yeah logged in now that's game. a great fun game i haven't gone back to minecraft since i started that it's kind of like minecraft improved or next gen mm. or something similar sorts of things it, it, you do in it's it similar but different it's kind of yeah. weird um, but I like it. There's, I've, there, I think I'd said to you, but I've said to others, there's so many games like Steam and Humble Bundle and all of this, and I've bought all of these games and stuff, and I play them for a couple of days and then never go back. I just always end up defaulting back to Minecraft. But I think we've been playing this for a week and a half or something mm. every day, and I haven't launched Minecraft since then. I know. There's, there's an update out too. you got to update the server. I never. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I logged on last night. I'm probably I'm probably still playing Minecraft every second day, but yeah, not like I was. Yep. Um. But yeah, no, it's an interesting game. I, it, it's very familiar, but it's also kind of different. Yeah, I mean, we we played 
seven days to die for a while and I just couldn't get into it. The, no. I don't know, zombie, it got very samey after a while. It was very repetitive. Yeah. So but this time. one, you've got progression and leveling up and skill improvements. and. But even if you don't want to do that, there's enough just in the exploring and building aspect of it if you just want to do that. Mm, mm. Um, it's the same reason I play Fallout 4 it, I don't necessarily like Fallout as a game that much but I really enjoy the building and exploring side of it so uh, I've never played it you know it, it's one of those things um, that does have a couple of really really annoying bugs that hopefully they'll work out like you can't hit somebody if they're above you yeah, if yeah. you're standing on a hill and the mobs enemies are coming downhill from the and up. you can't mine things above you either no <laughs> So there's a few little bugs I've got to work out, but because um, I've got a whole heap of stumps around our house at the moment that I can't get out of the ground because the ground can't reach. and I can't reach them. Yeah, you can stand right on top of a stump and you go, <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. I can't hit the damn thing, I'm, like, I'm standing on it. I don't know you nearly need to, to get the pickaxe and dig down next to it and then stand in the hole and then fill the hole back in. Fill the hole back in again, yeah. <laughs> so, but but uh, we, we took out um, Ixia was the giant deer boss that looks like it's got Christmas lights in its antlers. That was a lot of fun. I think you nearly, uh, you just tanked the whole thing with your yeah, pickaxe or something. I just went in there with my axe and just kept laying Because it only has, um, it doesn't have any one-on-one um, -on -one attacks. It only has distance attacks. Yeah, all AOEs. So if you get really up really up underneath it and just start laying into it, yeah, you can, it, can't, it can't get to you. And then yesterday you got the solo, the elder. That was just pure, pure luck, that was. I, was <laughs> being... I died three times. I was like, screw this for a joke. I was being chased by, like, it, it does this thing where it fires at all these roots and trees and stuff fall and the forest collapses. So I was running away from all these falling trees. Yeah. And then I had ran into um, a couple of skellies and a couple of the mobs and they pushed me a bit further out. And then I was, as I turned around, I realized it was just on the end of my render distance. But he wasn't moving. Um, so I just started... Yeah, out of his aggro range. Yeah, so I just started launching arrows into him. I could just hit him like I was firing at like a 45-degree angle and it was hitting him like the knee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't... I, I probably could have got a little bit closer, but I didn't want to risk it. Yeah. And um, it took like 80 arrows or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I finally took him down, yeah. Yeah. And then... Pure, pure luck, though. Funnily enough... We'd spent a lot of time, and me particularly, hours going all around the map trying to find this trader <laughs> that randomly spawns in one of ten areas away from where you we start off the game. And he just happened to be right next to the elder when we went to yeah, try to take him down. How funny was that? <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it. I have to go and get a fishing rod off him. Yeah, so I put a portal in there in our backyard now. So it's got a sign next to it saying trader jump into the portal and you'll pop out right near him and go over buy and sell stuff and then pop back in the portal nice and then a new portal that i added called swamp you jump through that and you end up at the near the top left of the map near where a swamp is and i started clearing out an area there's actually a spawner for the graylings and gray dwarfs and whatever so i quickly ran down there knocked it out killed all of them and then it's Kind of a flattish area. I'm going to have to do some leveling. And there's a bunch of boulders around that I've mined out. And um, it's down by the sea. So you can watch the water in the morning and have a nice uh, view there and stuff like that, which I kind of like. So I thought I might might do something like that for our next pl big place to move to. But since you can just go through the portal, grab stuff from this chest, go through the portal, drop it off in that house, go through the portal, pick yeah. up some more, go through... Except for your oars, which won't go through portals. Yeah. But everything else, you can just zip in and out through but the portal to the old house. You, you, could, you could probably nearly leave the oars in one spot for the amount, you know. Because once you've yeah. crafted whatever you're crafting, you don't need them again. Yeah, yeah. But I did notice um, when, when we went to the Elder, we didn't really see many trolls. No, and then I had two today. There were two today between our place and the trader. No, I had, I had two to go at the house. around them. Oh, okay. They were throwing boulders at the house. That whole front wall where the where the viewing platform and everything was. Yeah. That was completely leveled. 
I saw where it was gone. <laughs> yeah, I put the wolf. And I noticed that the, the uh, front gate opens the opposite way now. Yeah, I just chucked one up to get one up. Yeah. But they'd fallen down into the trench and they couldn't get out, but they could still throw rocks. So they're taking down everything. Yeah. I think we're going to have to have a really big, <laughs> wide distance trench. And another thing people said you can do, if you use the hoe, you can build up a mound very tall and they can't climb up over it to get oh, to yeah. your house. So you do a big trench and on the outside of that, do a big, big mound <laughs> and then uh, you should be pretty much safe. And then, of course, put the um, fence all around there with the tree trunks and stuff. So mm-hmm. should be well protected. But this, this new place is by the water but it's in the black forest so that's the problem there's going to be tons of graylings and stuff all over the place and now since we took down the elder the draugas and stuff are going to start spawning in the black forest and the meadows as well when they are only at the swamp before mm-hmm. so that's, that's probably why the another reason why the um trolls came to the house is because once you take out the elder things the uh, things in the areas where it was safe before uh, now start spawning higher level mobs. Yeah. Mm. It's funny because I'm, I'm on the um, Valheim Discord and somebody will have a picture of this beautiful house that they've built. Uh, like that guy I showed you today, oh, he had yeah, like, what nice. is it, 1,500 hours of Valheim yeah. playing and he made this really nice house. And everyone's like, how, how do you stop the trolls from destroying it? Every time I build a house, a troll comes over and knocks it down. He's like, yeah, well, we've got a lot of uh, trench around and all of that sort of stuff, but I'm just showing you the house part in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll just come along and throw rocks in there. It's gone. Yep, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we should probably thank our um, sponsors. Yeah, our Patreon. Patr- yeah, mess. Our Patreons. You haven't done it for a while, man. I'm <laughs> um, half asleep, which helps. And uh, yeah, Kofi and PayPal and all those guys that... that uh, Helps with your donations, guys. It makes this uh, possible. Yeah, um, you rock. Pays for the hosting and the the Zoom and the, the few other bits and pieces we occasionally use, and uh, we do appreciate it. So because we don't, yep. we, we we don't, we're not sponsored per se, and we don't have ad revenue on YouTube. So no, everything we're not we, popular enough there. No. Everyone downloads us through audio. Thank you for the audio, people. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. It's great that they do that, but if if the same people went to YouTube, to, even if they didn't watch it, just like click on the play and go to the toilet or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly YouTube be like, "Hey, would you like some money?" <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. So, Thumbs you, up. I'd have to go through all the videos and edit them for content. I do. Thumbs likely. up, subscribe, and hit that bell. Uh, yes, something I will never do. This show is sponsored by. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you donate to coffee, we'll That's drink it. the coffee. Shall we do some news? Mm, coffee. A major outage disrupted Amazon's cloud services in the United States, temporarily knocking out streaming platforms Netflix and Disney+. Plus. Robinhood, a wide range of apps, and Amazon.com's e-commerce website as consumers shopped ahead of Christmas. Many services have already recovered how they're working towards a full recovery across services, Amazon said. Amazon's Ring security cameras, mobile banking app Chime, and robot vacuum cleaner maker iRobot that uses Amazon Web Services reported issues according to their social media pages. Trading app Robinhood and Walt Disney's streaming service Disney Plus and Netflix were also down. Netflix, which runs nearly all of its infrastructure on AWS, appears to have lost 26% of its traffic, Doug Mattery, head of internet analysis at analytics firm Kentic said. Amazon said the outage was related to network devices and linked to APIs served out of its US East 1 region. Users began reporting issues around 4.30 a.m. ADST on Wednesday. and. (laughs) <laughs> the outage may have affected a large number of users. Amazon has experienced 27 outages over the past 12 months related to its services, according to a web tool reviewing website tool tester. In June, websites including Reddit, Amazon, CNN, PayPal, Spotify, Al Jazeera Media Network, and the New York Times were hit by widespread hour-long outage linked to US-based content delivery network provider Fastly. So, yes, I noticed that. I saw it had been mentioned on a news website and um 
I'm on the I got a ring doorbell video doorbell and I'm on the Reddit for that and every single post, hundreds of them all going, I can't seem to be able to connect to my ring doorbell. Does anyone else have this problem? And you're like, well, if you read the 50 other posts in this same subreddit. And that is why I don't go on Reddit. <laughs> They're all the same thing. Like, yeah. Oh, I can do this, but I can't turn my ring and my net internet's working. I can get to Google and stuff, but my ring is like, Read a read a news website. Maybe read the current place you're posting and not post the same thing that everybody else is doing. So dumb. <sighs> but yeah, it's it's funny that um, Netflix is on Amazon. I find that hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's on Amazon or um, Azure, Microsoft. Mm. Well, they're That's not the main ones. Not so much these days. I don't think. I don't no. think there's as many on Microsoft as there is on Amazon anymore. Uh, Apple used to be on. Was it Microsoft Azure for a I while? So, yeah. I think they made their own data center because they didn't want to give money to Microsoft anymore. They're nearly going to be a $3 trillion company probably by the end of this year. Yeah. The most valued company in the world. I don't know why. High prices for all of yeah. the... Let's see it. Overpriced. sheep. <laughs> Everything's overpriced. So, yeah, I mean... It, doesn't happen often but when it happens it makes a mess of things yep yep that was like the i was speaking of things going down the um queensland government um the queensland government owned energy uh, generator cs energy provided an update on wednesday saying that those behind us november ransomware incident was unlikely to be a state-based actor on the uh, same morning, Sydney's Daily Telegraph landed with a front page claiming China was behind the incident. Uh, thanks to the appearance of a CSNG on leak site listing victims of Conti ransomware run by the Wizard Spider Group for the purposes of double extortion, <laughs> their claim made by News Limited would appear to be unfounded. Uh, in September, US Security Infrastructure Security Agency said the group used the ransomware as a service mode, but... Instead of paying affiliates a cut of the earnings that came from ransoms, the group just pays the that deploys the ransomware wage. Um, CSNG has continued to generate electricity and feed it into the grid since the incident has systems and safeguards with layers of separation and protection which enable it to contain and protect its critical infrastructure. Upon becoming aware, they quickly took further assertive action to physically separate the two environments. They continue to progressively restore systems and are working closely with cybersecurity experts. Stop it happening again. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, earlier this year, the generator company experienced a fire in its turbines at the Calode power station that led to the outages across the state. And a few days after the incident, generator, which one of the three generators companies in Queensland, reassured retail customers would be able to build them in the useless cycle. So yeah, they had a fire and then they had a, they had the ransomware attacks. <laughs> Good. Everything hits at once, doesn't and, it? Uh, and they... I don't know who thought. Apparently, initially, they thought it was an internal, or not internal, but they thought it was a competitor trying to take them down or something. Right. And uh, they eventually realised, oh, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's been a couple of announcements coming out from political parties saying that it was China. I don't know if it was China or not, but it does go to show you, though, that like it doesn't take a lot. You know, they generate something like... Um, I think they generate something like 60% of Queensland's baseload energy wow. or something like that between their yep. you know, seven generators or something. Um, so, yeah, you take them out and you, you lose your baseload generation. Um, you've got plenty of power during the day, but overnight, that's when you end up making blackouts because you haven't got that baseload there to, to keep the power up. And then you just blame uh, renewable energy for the problem? Yeah, you blame the sun for going down overnight. You can't watch the footy yet when there's no sun. That's it. Uh, DoorDash, an online food ordering and delivery program, is planning to hire 50 engineers to populate a new Australian engineering hub next year. The engineering hub will be focused on scaling DoorDash's platform and data infrastructure, building new products and ensuring reliability at scale and boosting developer productivity. DoorDash engineering manager Shariam Chua, who's currently based out of Seattle, is the site lead for the new hub. 
Chui indicated he would return to Australia for the new role. He stated in a DoorDash blog post that the hub will enable the company to tap into the abundance of local tech talent in Australia and build solutions to support DoorDash's growth down under and beyond. As a data-driven company, DoorDash aims to improve the logistics of every delivery by optimizing as many customer touch points and interactions as possible, he said. As we rapidly expand our services and open new business verticals such as grocery and convenience, our teams build flexible, engaging experiences, enable localization and support innovation. We are incredibly excited to grow this offering right here in Australia. Chua said Australia had some interesting challenges for distribution and delivery due to the geographic spread of the population and customer expectations of acceptable delivery timeframes. DoorDash believes it can reset consumer expectations by getting items to consumers' doors in under 40 minutes from local merchants. That's one of the things that pays me about Uber at the moment, Uber Eats. Yep. You put a order in and now they can do shared orders. So ah. they might pick up two orders from the same place and go to two completely different parts of town to drop them off. And by the time you get yours, it's cold and feral. Oh, jeez. I'll keep putting complaints in, but they, so they keep doing it. One of the guys at work had said to me today, do you, oh, I was um, on, yeah, yeah, I was working and said, uh, do you use menu log? And I was like, well, we've got McDonald's and one kebab place <laughs> that we could order from. So no, we don't bother. <laughs> Yeah, we've got, oh, here, we've got nothing here. Um, we've, the only thing we've got here, if we want something to come to us, is pizza. Yeah, same. <laughs> but, um, in town, we've got DoorDash, Uber, Menulog. Oh, what's the other one? Kanga or something? Yep. Some, I don't know, there's another one as well. Um, I usually use Uber just because it's just, their actual ordering, the way they do their ordering structure is just better. Yep. Um, sometimes menu log or DoorDash are cheaper, but you can't, you don't get the same breakdown in the ordering and you can't change some stuff uh, okay. a lot of the time compared to the Uber one. So it's not that I like Uber over them. It's just, that's just, <laughs> it just works. Yeah. And if sometimes it's dearer because now they're adding a service fee as well. They're on top of their delivery fee. <laughs> they're adding like a $2 service fee. And a fee fee. And a fee five fee fum. Because why not? Yeah. yeah, I worked at Uber, you know. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> I worked for a company in Melbourne called Uber Global Web Hosting, and we got all the people asking for a taxi. Had a guy ring from um, uh, India, and people coming up on the web chat, or people ringing up. Hi, I ordered an Uber like an hour ago. I'm stuck in Sydney, and I need to get out to Parramatta. You're like, dude, you call the wrong place. No, you're the Uber, so you need... Okay, okay. <laughs> the bosses ended up setting up an automated system and say, if you wish to talk to Uber taxis, please press one. In which case, it'd go to voicemail that says, this is a web hosting company called Uber Global Web Hosting. We existed before Uber, the uh, car sharing platform, and we do not have anything to do with them. So... Um, sorry, we can't help you, and then go beep, and people would leave a message anyway saying, come on, it's four in the morning. And and then um, we had this guy ring back. Any Anytime they would ring up, and they're like, hi, I want to talk about the taxi, you just transfer them straight to that extension because it would give them a message. Yeah. And uh, this guy called me three times. On the third time, he's like, stop transferring me. And I said, did you listen to the message when you get transferred? It says, we're not Uber taxi, so... If you heard the message three times yeah. and you still haven't understood, you can't make we it can't clear. help you. That's it. The worst one, oh, the, those ones that went to voicemail, that they would still leave a voicemail, even though we said we've got nothing to do with them. At Christmas time, one of the managers would play them all back to us so we could sit there <laughs> and listen to these people ranting about not having a Oh, dear. Oh, funny stuff. That's it. But um, YouTube. Yeah, a platform we all know and love and, well, we know and hate anyway, and hating more and more. But um, YouTube says it receives millions of incorrect video copyright takedown requests. You think? Well, there's a surprise. We haven't been talking about this for the last 10 years or nothing. YouTube has published an inaugural copyright transparency report to shed light on its copyright enforcement efforts. 
Based on data from the first half of 2021, YouTube examined three main tools that make its copyright management suite. Webform, which is available to everybody and accessed by right holders who hold limited copyrights and rarely submit takedown requests. Copyright match tool that supports those who merely f who may find reposted content need to submit frequent takedown requests. And content ID system that supports right holders like movie studios and movie music labels <coughs> who experience heavy reporting on copyrighted material. YouTube said during the six-month period, a majority of removal requests and claims originated through the automatic detection by its copyright match and content ID tools. As a result, over 1.6 million removal requests were made using the copyright match tool, while over 722 million claims were made using content ID, representing 99% of all copyright actions by YouTube. The Google-owned video platform also measured how often creators pushed back against removal and content ID claims they believe were made in error and found there were low levels. There were fewer than 1% of all content ID claims were disputed during this first... Yeah, yeah, I'll touch on that in a sec. During 1% uh, of all ID were disputed during the first half of 2021, although in cases where disputes did arise, content ID claims data from the report showed that over 60% of resolutions were resolved in favour of the uploader. The report also indicated that over 8% of video requests for removal through public web form in the first half of the year were subject to abuse copyright removal requests meaning these requests were assessed by YouTube review team as likely false assertion of copyright censorship. So, they say there's 1% pushback. And the reason there's 1% pushback is because Google makes it very clear that if you request a review of the copyright strike and it's turned out that you're wrong and they it's a legitimate strike, um, you get one warning and then if you do it the second time, you get um, your social score, whatever they call it, reduced, which means you lose your ad revenue. Then if you do it a third time, your channel gets deleted. Ah, jeez. And they so wonder why. To happen. And they wonder why people don't push back. Push back. <laughs> like there's absolutely zero. Um, there's zero recourse for these people making these false claims. They make as many as they want. Because I know that most of them will stick. Yeah, and for the lulls, you can get like 50 mates to all report on someone so it looks like it's legitimate reporting because it's from different places. But Well, yeah, but even companies like CD Baby, who are a massive scam company who have somehow convinced YouTube that they have to protect artists. <laughs> in actual fact, all they're there is that they do the exact opposite. Um, but they're, they literally copyright every single thing on YouTube. They go, hey, that's ours. And even if it's nothing to do with them, even if it's got nothing to do, which it doesn't, because they don't own anything. They they make it their intent that they are doing it to protect their copywriters, the original owners, and that they make sure they get reimbursed. And which is all a lot of crap. They just do it because they can. Yep. And they've been doing it for years, and YouTube continually allows them to do it. So the everybody knows, and there's been a lot like it's probably a good at least 30% of the people I subscribe to regularly have stopped. They've just stopped. They're done with YouTube. They've just had nothing but trouble. They've moved to a different platform, whether it be um, streaming on Twitch or, or whatever. They're just over YouTube. They, yep. They're sick and tired of you know putting a video up and then 30 seconds later giving a copyright strike for one second of audio somewhere halfway through the video. Yeah. You know, it's just ridiculous. Stupid. So YouTube just going to keep shooting them in themselves in the foot till they got no toes left, and then go, "Why'd everybody leave?" Well, especially now that they've changed their um, their medical misinformation bans and all this oh. sort of garbage, um, they're basically now just overreach, uh, you know, pretty much. They're basically anything that goes against the official government narrative is being pulled off YouTube, right? Um, and also they removed the dislike button and count so well the button's there but it doesn't show you the count so a lot of people yeah. complaining I'll go to I'll do a look up for how to do something in a how-to video there'll be 20 videos and based on the likes or dislike I choose which one to watch one of them or two of them might be really crappy advice or they don't know what they're saying or terrible presenter or you can't understand them or whatever mm. and so i'd go to one that's got a lot of likes but not very many dislikes and now i don't know which is good which is bad i just have to watch everything maybe that's the way they get you to watch more stuff so youtube get more money because they monetize everything even if you can't make any money off it yourself 
Oh, the system was kind of broken. It has been for years, but that that's not the way you fix it. No. <laughs> Deleting the problem doesn't fix the problem. It just <sighs> creates another problem. Crazy, crazy. Australia's mobile telcos have been asked to come up with a standard way to determine the predicted coverage of their networks to make comparisons easier and improve safety outcomes for regional and remote residents. The ACCC flagged in October that it wanted a way to compare the coverage maps of different cellular telcos. It said at the time that underlying assumptions used in producing covering match may differ across mobile network operators, which made direct comparison of coverage maps not feasible or reliable. The process is still underway, but in an inaugural mobile infrastructure report released Thursday, the ACCC indicated it wanted the industry to come together and start work to work merging the different assumptions that underpin their respective coverage maps. Industry should collaborate on the development of common set of assumptions for predicting coverage. In the absence of an industry-led process, it may be necessary for the government and regulators to prescribe these assumptions to address the issue. A lack of comparison possible between the different coverage maps of Telstra, Optus and TPG made the ACCC's own job difficult in compiling the infrastructure report. The operators said they may change some of the input assumptions for predicting coverage over time. This means that the coverage changes shown by coverage maps and analysis from year to year may not necessarily reflect an actual increase in coverage, but may be a result of a change in an input assumption. However, the ACCC it will also said it will also wanted customers to be able to compare the coverage of different telcos more easily and be sure they were buying a service that would actually work. In the mobile market, the operators compete on coverage and consumers making purchasing decisions based on coverage, ACCC said. Coverage information is particularly critical for regional communities. I mean, well, since, since Telstra has taken away all the benefits that I got through them, I'm just thinking... I don't really have any reason to have to stay with them. And if Optus or Vodafone or TPG or whatever have got enough coverage in my area, I could even switch because I had the they had the ability to just get another SIM and put it in a tablet or something and you could share the mm. quota you got. They and got Vodafone rid of that. that. They got rid of that. So now you have to pay a separate plan of $40 a month on top of your other one. Then they'll merge them and then you can share it out. But you can't just buy a SIM and use the, I've got what, 50 gigs a month that I use one of. Mm. And it would be nice to be able to use it on something else, but I can't. Yeah. And then um, they had the fresh phone feeling. Every year you could trade in the uh, old phone from last year, as long as it's in good nick. And then you just recontract for another year with a new phone. So every year you get a new phone and that was a big bonus. They were saying, get the fresh phone feeling every year, get a new one. They're like, nah, we did away with that one now too. So I'm like, what's my motivation yeah. for staying? Yeah, no, Vodafone's, um, I've been with Vodafone for ages and they do all that sort of stuff now. So, um, but yeah, and I mean, coverage maps have been an issue for a lot of Your years. Your GAF. <laughs> They've been, you know, They've only been theoretical coverage at best anyway. Yeah. Um, and if you go to the website and you zoom in, it, it, you look at it like you look at that map that we've got up there and you can see, oh, okay, the whole East Coast is covered. But when you actually zoom in and you look at it, you go, well, this is only a theoretical coverage. Yeah. Um, and somebody built a tall building over here, so that area doesn't get it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so. But it does get Optus, so yeah. I could have gone there, but I just bought a phone with Telstra that I've got to get out of a contract of now. So it's very hard to figure out. Yeah, exactly what you... It's hard too, especially if you're traveling a lot. Like, I guess ultimately Telstra, if you're traveling, is probably still at least good to have a $40... You know, you get a, get an old candy bar phone and just tick a, a prepaid SIM in it and... Put an Aldi one in. Yeah. Because they're on the Telstra. Um, we were using a MaySIM, but they changed to the Optus network. Uh, we still use them at work for our, for our phone at work, but um, yeah, the Audi ones, Audi's a prepaid. It's good. You spend twenty five bucks and it's a three hundred sixty five, three hundred sixty five day expiry. Yeah. So I got that for my daughter's phone. So if you want a phone that, especially if you're travelling and you want to just leave it in the glove box of the car and just use it in emergencies when you can't get signal anywhere else. Yep. They're great for that. Yeah. 
So, or if uh, some your boss sends you a text message saying the server just went down and you're on holidays on the other side of Australia, you might be able to get enough three G signal to log in, and <laughs> reboot the server or something. Yeah, not not on a candy bar phone though. No. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's got like a. Uh, they say it's a 1.2 meg camera. I don't think it's even that good. <laughs> Yeah. You Back it. in my day, we had 640 by 480, yeah. and we were happy. 640 by 480 at 256 colors, I think. <laughs> it's horrible. But uh, it's perfect. You know, like, it doesn't use the battery and the phone's off, so it can just sit in the glove box for 12 months, and you turn it on, and it's still fully charged. Five years. So. Some of them go for years. Yeah, oh, but it probably goes longer, but I, um, you know, I got to gotta turn on every 12 months to recharge the SIM card anyway. <laughs> it's not like you could break a candy bar phone. No, well, and it's an Nokia. Yeah. So it's been rattling around. Even it'd destroy Mjolnir. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's. Uh... And you can take the battery out. Yeah, you can take the battery out. What? Are you crazy? Yeah. Take, take the battery out. Take the SIM card out. You can't. It's not a thing. It doesn't have memory card, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or well, it's um. Good old phone. Though. Actually, that's why it's out. I need a new battery for it. Finally, after 10 years or something, the battery's died. I'm waiting for my $3 battery to turn up for it. <laughs> so. Get on to Battery Central. They'll give you a discount. It's like, this is another old Nokia. Speaking of Nokias, this is ah. another old Nokia. It's got the, the keyboard on it. That looks like a Blackberry. Yeah, it does. It's the <laughs> E63. Had a 2 megapixel camera. I had a BlackBerry for a little while because somebody at the place I was working at got a new one and they're like, do you want this old phone? I'm just going to chuck it in the drawer. So I was like, oh, I'll try that for a while. So I put my SIM in and use it for a little while. Good old Hackberries. Yeah. Or Crackberries, rather. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like BlackBerry Bold or something like that they had. Yeah. Well, I got Son, Son of this one years ago just because it had the actual keyboard on it. But yeah. the, the keys are that small that like... You can't fit your fingers... <laughs> Yeah. You just tell it, grow, grow your nails long and then sharpen them to a point and you can sit there pecking it. Uh, or you um, get a pen with a lid on and just... I mean, this one's bad enough. This candy bar phone's bad enough to use like with actual buttons like there. Uh, tiny. <laughs> tiny. The screen's only two fingers tall. Like, it's not like yeah. This... <laughs> oh, dear. And it runs... Um, Web... What was it? WebOS? What was Nokia's... Um, oh, Symbian, Symbian, yeah, but the Motorola even, was Symbian. Yeah, I can't remember what Nokia's was, but yeah, it runs that, and it's horrible, absolutely horrible. <laughs> but mind you, it hasn't updated in. It's got a Facebook app, and it's like it updated to like version one. That's as far as it ever went. <laughs> well, we're not going to. I don't one think of these that ever e again. that doesn't even have Wi-Fi. Actually, it has Bluetooth. Oh wow, it does have Bluetooth? Yeah. It doesn't have Wi-Fi. That's <laughs> like bare bones. It was a forty dollar phone ten years ago. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what do you expect? <laughs> and it still works. It does. Um, speaking of still working, the Beatles. Oh, they're still working. Get back. Yeah, they. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I, I'll play the video without the sound because otherwise we get a copyright strike. Most of the footage you've seen here is old archival footage. Uh, that was so unusable and so um, degraded that the audio and video was, was unusable, hence the reason there's all these A B-rolls and stuff that have never been used. Um, but what they did was they... Um, they went through like... 60 hours of 16mm film and 150 plus hours of, of Nagra audio created um in like 1969 and yeah it was pretty pretty bad film but they used machine learning technology yeah, uh it's basically the same stuff that they use for deep fakes um it makes fake video look good cleans up the sound so what they did was they played the computer uh good quality footage and audio of what it had to reproduce yep and then they ran this um they ran this really really degraded stuff through it and it was able to figure out 
um, not only how to improve the quality of the video, but it was actually able to multi-track audio. So it oh, pulled, wow. pulled the drum channel out, pulled the bass channel out, pulled the guitar channel out, pulled the vocal channel out, and isolated each channel individually. Um, and remixed it with proper levels and proper fidelity and... It's, it's they inserted Tom Cruise into there on Paul McCartney's face. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they, they're calling it a deep restoration. Um, yep. They're looking at now doing it for a lot of the archival footage in, in the movie studio vaults and stuff that's, that's really to the point where you can't view it anymore. It's that bad. Yep. Um, digitize it all. And yeah, they're looking at being able to use this to digitize it all and... Don't put it on AWS servers, it might go down. (laughs) (laughs) So That's brilliant. But yeah, so if you want to find find out more, um, look up Restoring History. Well, The Beatles Get Back is the actual, the the doco, but on YouTube there's one called uh, Restoring History, The Beatles Get Back. And it's um, a quick quick behind the scenes on how they did it and and all that sort of stuff. Brilliant. Um, So yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. I want to check that out now. Mm. <laughs> is that it for you? That's it for me. It's about as good as it gets tonight. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us Will or Warlock at AussieTechHeads.com.au and go to AussieTechRadio.com 24-7 playback of tech-related shows. See you next time. Bye. Why, why, why?